Hey guys, Steve here. Welcome to episode four of KT Confidential. In this week's episode, Ariel and Adrian talk about bad realtors, how to avoid them, and how to find a great one. Sorry for the bad audio. We had some technical difficulties. Please enjoy. Welcome to KT Confidential. This is episode four. Still losing my voice. Today, we're going to talk about why on earth people settle for shitty representation when selling their house. Shitty is not even the word. Well, I think it describes the vast majority of the properties we're looking at. So you've had a few instances lately that you want to talk about, but I'm fucking pissed. Like, I am flat out upset. Not even upset, like ape shit. No. Ape shit upset. Over what? Oh, man. It's, it, it really pains me because, you know, sometimes there's nothing you can do about something. You see something wrong and you just realize there's not much you can do about it. So this is my avenue for doing something about it. I'm searching for properties for clients last night and I'm scrolling through listings that just look like dog shit. And then people are wondering, oh, why is my house on the market for so long? That's because you hired a piece of shit realtor. Oh, the best thing, actually, last, I think I told you last week, I got a call from a guy. He called our 1-800 number and asked to speak with one of our team members about selling his house. This was in the Guelph. Yeah, yeah. So I call him back and, you know, thanks so much for calling. How can we help you? And he's like, yeah, I'd like, like, help selling my house. I'm like, great, you know, tell me all about it. Da, 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 da. He's like, well, it's been on the market for, for a month and I haven't sold. Can you tell me why? And I just thought it was the funniest conversation. Anyway, so I pull it up and it wasn't terrible, but it, I think it was overpriced and the, it wasn't staged at all. Um, but just the fact that he would call, like when you hire somebody, have you not done your due diligence? Have you not looked at their listings to know how they're going to represent you and sell your property? It's the wrong time to be looking for a second opinion. Yeah, a little bit late, I'd say. So obviously I couldn't say much because he's under contract with somebody else, but it was, I found it quite amusing, but it's unfortunate. So here's the thing. I consider us to be very professional, very reputable, offer, you know, one of the best services that you can find uh, when it comes to buying or selling any real estate. The challenge is somebody's always willing to do it for less money, right? Just like anything else you can buy or do in life. You want to buy a pair of jeans, you can buy a $500 pair of jeans, you can buy a $32 pair of jeans at Costco. What's the difference? Well, they're still jeans, but obviously there's, there's differences. There's difference in the material, the craftsmanship, whatever, maybe the brand, et cetera, et cetera. Um, cars, you know, you can buy, we talked about cars in the last podcast, you can buy a $15,000 car, you can buy a $300,000 car, and that goes with every service, every product, everything, right? But when you're selling, your number one asset, like people have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into their home the down payment, the mortgage payments, the renovations, you are heavily invested. And then you go and hire somebody that not only are you going to pay them a good commission to sell it, but they just don't give a shit. 
Well, even even if someone's paying less, let's say they're paying them one percent, which is really typically three and a half. Even at that, that's a lot of money. You're still paying out a lot of money, and those people are definitely not doing anything to earn your business or to sell your home. So, people think they're saving money, but in the end, it's costing them a fortune. A good example is some people think that you can just put a sign in the lawn and put it on the MLS and and sell the house, which you can. The question is, how long will it take? How much will it sell for? And how much are you ending up with in your pocket? Oh, it drives me fucking nuts. Like, yes, you can put a sign in the lawn. We live in a in an area in the GTA. You can put a sign in the lawn, and your house will sell. No question about it, your house will sell. But just like what you said, how much is it going to sell for? How long is it going to take until it sells? And we've proven it. Like in the last few years, when you do put a sold sign or a for sale sign in the lawn, the house sells. But you're taking a severe discount over what the home would have sold for if it was prepared properly, if it had good representation, people that know how to negotiate the best terms, the best condition, the best price. And that's the difference. Well, forget even that. I mean, that's obviously really important. But just getting people through the door, making sure that among the dozens of homes online that you're competing against, that yours stands out and that well, I, people choose to see yours. I showed you a property this morning in Burlington. Yeah. It's priced under $500,000. It's a prime location, you know, upper middle, close to the 407 in Burlington. And this is one of those ones you can pull up there on Cavendish. Okay, um, I think it's a great, great, great opportunity for either a first time home buyer, potentially an investor. But, you know, the realtor representing the seller didn't do anything to showcase the property. The photos are shit. Well, and the funny There's thing with no this staging. one, it's a reputable agent. Well, quote, quote unquote. Quote, yes. Right? If you're watching the podcast. But this quote unquote reputable agent probably offered his services at a discount rate in order to get the deal, get the business, get the listing because Shame you know agents want more listings of course but you know do you offer a subpar service to your client like i just i just don't get it like how does a seller in today's day and age with all of the technology and information available to people like anybody wants to scope us out like they'll find out who we are our personal lives our business lives how we present properties how we market them you've got our catalogs our brochures our videos photos everything's out there for anybody to see so if you're hiring somebody to represent you and selling your home how are you not doing that homework and realizing that man this guy is great or this team is great they're going to do an amazing job of marketing my property. If your home isn't marketed well online, nobody's going to come and see your house. Who wants to come and see that piece of shit house? That particular house has been on the market for it's had two listings with the same agent, so they two realized they weren't getting yeah, they weren't getting anywhere with the first listing. They took it down, relisted it, hoping that that would get more traction or whatever. It's been on the market for 2 months. 
The photos look like shit. Well, it, it only has a dozen. Photos. It hasn't been prepared. Yeah, there it is. There, four hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Like, look at that front photo as an example. Like, get a freaking arborist in here. Get a a landscaper. Make it look good. Like, couldn't you put some fucking patio furniture there, or at least a plant with some flowers? Look at this photo. This was taken with like a nineteen ninety seven BlackBerry when, or whenever the first phone that had a camera. Like, I I, I just. Don't get it. And then the inside, the inside looked like, this is the kid, like, were you not standing even fucking straight when you took this photo? Like, how bad is that? And then, look at this. Go back to that photo. Look at, what the fuck is this? Like, is this a closet? It's like a, a little niche. I don't, Furniture I, niche. I don't know what it is, but it's got wallpaper on there since the 1960s, probably. Like, that's not even a fucking niche. That's like the corner of the entrance of the hallway. Well, they even cut up, they've got a, another wall here in the front. Like, yeah, they couldn't like the even angle's take a not straight, photo. and this photo hasn't been edited in any way, shape, or form. Okay, it's only a $480,000 house, but even if the seller is paying the listing agent 1%, which I would never work for 1% because our costs are higher than that, but even, let's just say, they hired them for 1%. You're still going to pay this son of a bitch $4,800 for 15 cent photos. The house has been on the market for 60 days. Like, couldn't you take some paint to that, to that stonework and, and, and maybe freshen it up a little bit? Throw a fucking couch and, and some... Well, and to put things like, into perspective for people, the realtor probably could have hired a professional for between 100 and 200 bucks to take nice photos. Right. At the, how, the bare minimum. How hard would that have been? At the bare minimum. Bare minimum. Like, zero representation for the seller here. And let me tell you, so the house has been on the market for, whatever, 60 days-ish. Uh, they're going to get an offer well below asking price. If the realtor presents the home like this to try and sell the house, how motivated is that guy to battle for you as a seller to get you an extra thousand, two thousand, three thousand, ten thousand dollars in negotiation, this guy, I guarantee you, is just going to take the best offer he can get in front of him and convince the seller that that's the best offer because it's been on the market for two months and there's nothing else he can do. So the question is, why did he choose them? I don't know. Was the salesperson? I don't know. Relationships? I don't know. I think that's a lot of it. People are referred to somebody, or it's a family member or a friend. So they choose them. Actually, I have a great example. One of those listings, the one on Carver, you pull up. Um, so this is a house that we did a listing presentation at, and really nice couple. And it's in our neighborhood. In too. our neighborhood, that bites when we, when we lose the, those kind of deals. It happens, but it does. Um, they told us, "Yeah, we're going to go forward with you guys." And then a couple of days passed. We weren't able to get a hold of them. We finally got a response, and they said that their family were upset because they weren't using their family friend that was a real estate agent, which they had told me about before. They told me they had a close friend that they didn't want to use necessarily. Anyway, so they were apparently pushed into using this person, um, which goes back to why people use real estate agents. A lot of it is because friends or family refer them to you. They ended up listing this for, I think it was $80,000 more than I had suggested. It was on the market for months, such a long time. By the time they sold, they sold for $20,000 less 
than what I had suggested. A hundred thousand dollars spread. And if they would have gone with your recommended price and gone with our services, sold in a few weeks for a full asking price, or very close to it, made twenty thousand dollars more. Right. And I bet you this guy did it at a discounted rate, and they thought that they were getting a deal because they're a friend and blah, blah, blah. So maybe they saved five grand on commission, but they lost $15,000 in actual net money. Go back to the uh, kitchen photos, Cameron. Like, okay, so they did hire a professional photographer, but look at the, just stop there. Look at this house, like, look at the, uh, it's got iron pickets, it's got crown molding. It's got nine foot ceilings. It's got pot lights. Like it, it present like the big newel post. And you should have the, seen the basement. It was so nice, huge bathroom. Now go to the kitchen picture. So you can tell this home hasn't been staged. The cellar's actually prepared. Go one fo- photo forward. Maybe one more. It's a little. It's empty. There's not a like whole lot. What? There's there isn't even a few bottles of Perrier. There isn't any. Um, any floral decoration. There isn't any punch of color. There isn't even a fucking cookbook in there. Like, it's totally stark and naked. And then the couches and, and you know, just the the overall color and decor. I mean... The fuck is that ottoman doing right beside the, set, the kitchen island? Honestly, that's so you can, if you're short or you're a hobbit, you can hop on there and... Wash and, your dishes in your hands. Yeah. It was a nice house. It's a shame. But... It's, um, everybody knows a realtor. Unfortunately, so here's the not message. the one you should use. Here's the message. Because I think it's an important message that it doesn't get enough, it doesn't hit home enough for a lot of people. So here's the message. Your home is your number one asset. There's no disagreeing with that. If you're going to sell it, do your homework. Find the right person to represent you. Because if you don't, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And if the person you have found isn't able to produce a high level of negotiation experience, marketing, online savvy, just overall tech savvy, and then understand your home intimately, with the upgrades, the location, the size, who the buyer is. If this person doesn't have the whole package, I guarantee you are leaving money on the fucking table. What are the- you are leaving your highest investment, your biggest investment in the hands of an amateur. There are 50,000 realtors in the GTA. Over half of them sell less than two homes a year. It's a stat. Go on to the Toronto Real Estate Board and look it up. More than 50% of realtors in the GTA sell less than two homes a year. That means they sell either one or nothing the entire year. Why? You remember that one guy? I remember you were trying to put a deal together maybe two years ago. And it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you called and you wanted to submit an offer on his listing and you didn't hear anything back, and finally he called you back and he apologized because he was at his job? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah he couldn't take the call because he was working. <laughs> he was working. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, imagine how- if... I, I can't imagine his clients had any idea. Like, that's unbelievable. Right. 
you had an offer ready to go at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I just couldn't get a hold of him. Because he was at his job. Yeah. I think one of the best things people can do, and I had a client do it, which is funny because I caught him doing it. Um, before you hire someone, go to their listings. So you can look up and see what they've recently sold. Go to those properties and ask about their experiences, like firsthand candid feedback from existing clients. So we have uh, cameras at all of our properties, and I have one client, Brian uh, and Cherry Ann. So um, before they hired us, I got, I, got a, I got a notification on one of our cameras that somebody was approaching the house. So I looked at it because I knew there was no showings, and it was Brian. He was walking up to the front door, knocking on the door. He, he looked a little awkward. He was walking back and forth up and down the walkway. Anyways, uh, nobody answered, so he left. And then a few minutes later, I get another notification at another house down the street. So he had gone to this other property. <laughs> I saw him on camera again. He's knocking on the door because we've got our for sale sign up, and he's trying to speak to these guys to get firsthand Good for him. feedback. Absolutely. I, so I, I think everybody needs to do that. Like people are, And he listed with us and had a good experience. Had a great experience. Yeah. Um, but he did his due diligence. I don't know why people are rushing to make decisions. Um, and, you know, we talk about it all the time about getting people involved early. Like if you have any inclination that you're going to sell at any point in the next 12 to 24 months, start your process now. Start interviewing people. Do your homework. And it goes so much deeper now. Like people don't really understand what is involved when a realtor takes over. Like we make it like, let's be honest. And I don't want to, you know, stroke our chords too much, but we make it so easy for sellers to say, here are the keys and take the reins. And they're blown away about how easy, professional, you know, the timely responses and all that. But it goes so much deeper, like if people truly understand, you know, the, I'll call it algorithms of selling real estate, you know, having, selling period, selling period, but having, you know, presence in on Instagram and knowing, you know, where the buyers are coming from, like how many of our open houses and how many of our sellers um, over the last little while have come to us through some sort of social media through our podcast, through our KT Quick Tips, things like that. Like if you are not being proactive as a realtor in in this day and age, you're not getting out enough to potential buyers, to potential sellers, and building that sphere, building that that influence, building that network. Um, you know, and that's what I think a lot of realtors miss. We come from the automotive industry selling cars. Uh, that was, you know, um, a little bit different experience, but they are very similar in the sense that a car is, you know, probably your second biggest investment next to a home. And I think automotive salespeople miss the boat completely on this in that they just wait for somebody to walk through the dealership doors, do the best that they can, and that's it. You know, um, they're not getting active in social media. They're not concentrating on honing their negotiation skills their follow-up skills, you know, um, sending a client gifts, so many things that they can be doing. So it does go out into sales as a, as a whole, even if you're selling suits at Harry Rosen or whatever, like there are so many different avenues. But for realtors, when a seller is going to cut a check for 20, 30, 
$100,000 as a commission to sell their home and you haven't done any, everything possible to educate yourself, to hone your skills, to be out there as a tech-savvy individual well, Sorry, and you're, not, you're not in the 1990s. It's anymore. even this is more important. 2019, and yeah. it's this is the time. Well, it's even more important now for people to really do their due diligence because I get marketing flyers and shit at the house all the time, and there's so many things that are misleading. So if you don't do your research, you really you know you're getting suckered into this stuff like. Talking about social media, how many people, everybody now says, follow us on Facebook and like us on Instagram and... Note to self, don't say that. Did I do backwards? Quick tips, quick tips episode. <laughs> yeah, but um, like most of these people that are promoting their social media, the last post was April of fucking 2015. So if they're not maintaining it, it's useless. Like they really, everybody's on there, but are they actually using it? Properly. Yeah, they're not engaging. They're not. They're not following a, a system. They're just randomly posting and hoping for the best. Yeah, and that's what a lot of sellers they, they miss because they fall into and even buyers. We're not even talking about buyers. Like if you're looking to buy a home and you haven't hired a great realtor to represent you, that is going to be a very draining process for you because if this person doesn't know the area doesn't have a leg up on the market what listings are coming what has sold what's active in the market if they don't have an idea how to negotiate properly and represent you and then if they don't have services to complement all that why? Why? People need to meet with a minimum of three realtors, I'd say. Oh, 100%. At least. You need to interview two, three, four people and really just, you know, I mean, ultimately you got to feel comfortable with somebody, right? They can have the best services, but if the guy or the girl is a dick, um, then, you know, don't hire that person. Yeah. But for the most part, if you find somebody that you're comfortable with, and they do a good job. And I wouldn't even say, I think a lot of people are by default leaning towards the quote-unquote reputable people in their area that have been in the business for 20 or 30 years okay. because that's who they see a lot of signs for. A lot of those realtors that have been in the business for, for, for so long are still printing newspaper ads. Right? Like they're just not up with the time. They don't know where today's buyers are, how to communicate with them, and how to right. sell. So I feel I'm, sorry for those people that are still spending money on news ads, yeah. like newspaper ads. It does nothing for the home. It's just promoting yourself. Right. So it does absolutely nothing for the home, like z zero, nothing. Not even one person is going to call off of that newspaper ad. If one person does, good fucking luck. We already had you know, 40 people contact us from an Instagram ad while your newspaper ad, which cost three times more. Was still on the more, printing press. Was still, yeah, was still <laughs> on. The house is already sold. The, yeah. the ad is getting produced. But um, it doesn't even help the realtor 
do any proper marketing for themselves. Like that's the point. That's why realtors actually put ads in newspapers is to, you know, get their own brand out there, get their name out there. But that doesn't even do that good of a job. Like you're gonna spend 375 bucks for a quarter page ad in your local newspaper. You take that $375 and put it into Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube ads. You're going to have unbelievably more effect. Probably 400 times the visibility, 4,000 times the visibility, but they're not doing it. Why? Because they are stuck in the 1980s, 1990s, yet people continue to hire these people, so they're getting more business. And then they start their claims of top 1% realtor in 2017. What the fuck is top 1% realtor? Everybody seems to be top 1%. Right. Who isn't a top 1% realtor? (laughs) Yeah, it's very confusing. Every bus stop. We were one of the top producing teams in the country. We were number 17 in the country for Century 21 last year. Is it in any of our marketing? I don't think so. Irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. I don't yeah, care about awards or anything. You know, the one thing I'll say is I feel good about being a realtor going forward. Why? Because I do think that with technology, the bad realtors are going to start dropping off because the cost of maintaining your license and being a realtor in general is very expensive and it's going to be more complicated selling homes going forward it's going to be easier in some sense because of technology but it's going to be more complicated so i do believe that good realtors that get it in this day and age are going to excel and that's why we've seen our business grow well and that's that's why we're so public on social media and pushing all of this information and running the podcast and doing our quick tips because we want more transparency. We want to educate people and know what they should expect and make sure they're doing their research and hiring people and getting proper service. I have no hesitation in telling anybody the real truth about what happens behind the scenes. That's the point of this podcast. There you go. You wanted to know why we're doing this podcast? We talked about that this morning a little bit. Yeah. This is why. There needs to be total transparency in everything that every realtor does right across the country. We're doing it. We're going to give everybody the inside scoop as to who we are, what we do, how we do it. No bullshit. The real facts, the truth. That's it. That's KT Confidential. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Trot and follow us on whichever platform you may be listening to.